When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. I like the way you move. Look at Evan pretending not Ooh, to love this song. I like the way you move. <laughs> Come on, Evan. Come on, Evan. Come on, Evan. Feel the music. Feel the music. Hear the music. I need you to get involved, Evan. I'm not you're saying kill- they're you're bad. You're killing our show credibility with your outcast take. Get I'm the involved. outcast for the outcasts. It is unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. Along with Michelle Spalman, Chris Canty, Evan Cohen with you. Sirius XM, Channel 80, ESPNU, and of course, all of our great stations across the country. And we are presented by Progressive Insurance. Big news of the day as we are, what, 24 hours plus away from Game 1 of the NFL season. And CC, the big news is that there likely will be no Travis Kelsey in Game 1 for the Kansas City Chiefs. Hyperextended knee. What does it mean for KC? Well, I mean, KC ha- is losing a guy that has led the NFL in yards after catch since 2018. And here's the thing. Pat Mahomes has only played one career game without Travis Kelsey on the field. That being his first start in a nothing game Week 17 in 2017. So Travis Kelsey is the ultimate security blanket for Pat Mahomes. Without him on the field... There's going to be a lot of heavy lifting for those other receivers, and those guys don't have exactly a stellar career resume. When you put those receivers' numbers in totality and compare them to the rest of the receiving cores, they're 30th in receptions, 30th in touchdowns. That 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 is a situation where Pat Mahomes is going out there with a lot of unproven talent, and he's going to be forced to prove his greatness on Thursday night against that Lions defense. When Tyreek Hill left the Chiefs to go to the Dolphins, a lot of us wonder what Patrick Mahomes would do with that. Well, he won another Super Bowl. I wonder if we'd be having that conversation about this Travis Kelsey injury if Chris Jones wasn't also subtracted from the equation. Because that's, to me, when you remove both of those players from this game, we're having a completely different conversation. So the other conversation we're having is that the Mannings put out the big video yesterday about auditions for the third Manning cast co-host, right? I mean, you think about every night, obviously, on ESPN and all of our platforms are amazing. Monday nights during the football season, ridiculous. Buck and Aikman and Salters, I mean, come on. I I love all of them. Joe Buck to me is hysterical. Like I think I, I, give me him over any play by play announcer out there any anywhere. He's just so funny. He's a huge Howard Stern fan, as am I. So I love that about him. He goes on Howard all the time. St. Louis guy. St. Louis guy. Yeah, he's awesome. And then there's the Manning cast also. Like that's just like a plus, a plus, a plus. So they're throwing out there the idea of the third co-host. So we're putting it out there for you guys at eight 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 say ESPN eight 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 seven two nine three seven seven six. The wrong answer is only for the third co. So, like, I gave you Snooky from Jersey Shore. Smalls gave you Ina Garten from the Food <laughs> Network. And Canty, Virginia educated, way too smart, gave ESPN and Omaha Productions such a brilliant answer that I don't know who the third co is going to be, but you said Larry David. That actually is who it should be. That no. is brilliant. So you actually did not play that you're, you're too intelligent for the game. Shame on you. What do you want me to do? You, you asked me what came top of mind. That was top of mind. Now, during the break, I had a chance to think about it, and I threw one out to Smallman, and I said, how about RuPaul? RuPaul as the third host of the Manning cast. What do you think? 
breaking down the fashion, like around the quarter zips. Exactly. Yeah. Is, yeah. That, is that more in line with Love the it. game? Love it, rules? but I, I got to be honest. I'd watch that too. I'd watch that too. <laughs> I would watch that too. That's You're funny. really good at this. I'd That's watch that funny. too. That's funny. That is funny. Wrong answers only. 888-SAY-ESPN. 888-729-3776 for the Manning cast. Kevin in Florida. Unsportsmanlike ESPN Radio. What's up, Kevin? Hey, good morning, guys. Morning. Um, I think... I think that uh, something that would be hilariously bad would be Sylvester Stallone. That's a good one. Ooh. Like you have Ro- Rocky in there? Yeah. Yo, Peyton. Yo, Eli. Like that, having yeah. that? Yeah. That'd be great. Sly Stallone? Yeah. As you know, third- and you know he'd find a way to plug Expandables 10. What is it? Expendables? Expendables. Not expand. Expandable is our waistline. Whatever it is. Expendables Part 10 or whatever it is. How actually dare each and every one of you? This is unacceptable. Oh, I will, Philly boy I will take through. no slander on Stallone or Rock. We're not saying he's bad. We're saying it would be funny. You don't think that's that's you're so you're, t- you're saying it would be bad. I don't like what's happening here, and I don't like that caller. He's out. <laughs> Rocky Four, best Rocky, right? Are we in agreement on that? Uh, cosign. Haven't seen it. Haven't seen any Rockies. Wow. I saw the first one. How about uh? Okay. Vin Diesel. <laughs> How about Vin Diesel? Vin it's Diesel? all about family, right? The the Mannings family. Vin Diesel's all about family. Pat would be all in. What is Nuno saying? Vin Diesel. <laughs> I know. Vin but Diesel. that's that's again, that's too logical. Like I can he's actually a big, see Vin logical. Diesel being on the Manning cast. Yeah. yeah. Levi in Minnesota, an unsportsman like on ESPN Radio. What's up, Levi? Hey, good morning, guys. Good morning. Uh, how about Johnny Weir? And bonus for the fellas dressing up like him. Yeah, Johnny Weir is on the NBC broadcast, and yes. thanks for the call, right, for all kinds of different things. Was it was a championship ice skater back in the day, and Johnny Weir is known for the amazing getup he puts together on all of his broadcasts and leans into that. That is exactly what we're looking for, right, Smalls? Okay, so the outfits would be amazing. Visually, it yes. would be very unpredictable. But Johnny Weir already is a broadcaster. So, I th- again, I would watch. I think that that would actually be a good broadcast. Uh, Mike in Illinois, a non-sportsman like on ESPN Radio. Wrong answers only for the Manning Cast third coast. Morning, guys. Thanks Morning. for getting me to work every day. Hey, I'm not just a uh, drunk kicker, Mike Vanderjack. Now, that's a good one. Manning, Manning, so Peyton Manning did uh, not like Vanderjack. I don't think any of his teammates liked him. Mike Vanderjack was with the Dallas Cowboys. I didn't like him. So <laughs> he's one of the most unlikable figures in the NFL's history, and he's got a really punchable face. Really punchable. Well, Mike Tyson said that the two of them have punchable faces in their promo for the, the Manning Cash. Which show. I disagree with. I don't I think don't they know. have punchable faces. Do you? Somebody must have said that to the two of them a lot for Mike Tyson to be scripted that line. Unless you think he just came up with it off the cuff, which I, he may have. I he had a one-man show that, on Broadway. That, that Peyton Manning nose, man, looks like I can do some damage to your knuckles. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> that pain, you just that, clench your fist that, that, when that Peyton Manning head, man. I mean, <laughs> that could give you some problems. <laughs> uh, Twitter, at MikeRook52 says, I think Gary Busey should be the third chair in the Manning cast. Ooh. Nice. That's a good one. That's a yeah, good pull. He'd be wild on yeah, that that's one. That's a good pull. Uh, Jeff in Iowa. Uh, Let's go, Jeff. What do you got? An unsportsman like ESPN Radio. Roseanne Barr. She'd be funny. She'd be funny. That's just that would be just the visual. The two of them sitting there with Roseanne would be amazing. Right? Yeah. That would be amazing. That would be actually legitimately funny to see those three. But, I mean, I think this is where we're going here. The wrong answers only for this, obviously, when it comes to the Manning cast, which do you guys think there's actually going to be a third co-host? I don't know. I don't know how they could have a third co-host. Why – 
if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And the yeah. Manning cast is not broke. I love, they have guests that cycle in and hang yeah, out with them. Exactly. To have four voices then instead of three during those segments, that's a lot. That'd yeah, I don't, I don't think they're going with that. And we're also, both. they're they're they have such a rapport because they're brothers and they they view the game a certain way. I think it would be difficult to add a third to that. And the problem there is, you can't bring somebody in that's going to overshadow them in any way. And that's a fair point. So it's they have to match their cachet, their resume, their celebrity, but they can't overshadow them. The amount of people that fit into that compartment is very small. That's an elite level breakdown of the Manning Cat. Yeah, that was very good. Yeah. Very good. Thank no you. doubt. Do you want a real random one? Yeah, yeah. not real random. Always. What about Ozzy Osbourne? That would be amazing. It would be terrible. That's the point. I yeah. do. I need the subtitles. Like the idea of Ozzy Osbourne, Peyton Manning, and Eli Manning sitting there together. Mm-hmm. Just the visual of that. I. But I think those guys are so great. They lean into that stuff mm-hmm. and they have fun with that. I think that would be great. To have that. Steve in Ohio on ESPN Radio. What's up, Steve? Um, if you want more awkward, how about Mark Zuckerberg? Okay, <laughs> that's a great one. But he feels like he would wear the quarter zip. You know yeah. he'd wear the quarter zip. Oh, he'd be down for that. Yeah. that. I mean, Mark Zuckerberg, Eli, and Peyton. Again, that almost feels like it works. i got to be honest. It feels I don't like know it works. if that one works. No? I don't know if that one works. I don't think it could work. No? I think it kind of could. Uh, one more on this. Wrong answers only. Third co-host for the Manning cast. Clark in New York on ESPN Radio. What's up, Clark? Hey guys, how you doing this morning? What's going on? I'm saying Polly Shore, old MTV days, the Weasel. The Weasel, yeah, the old MTV shows. You guys probably are too young for this stuff, right? Yeah, yeah I'm only I, a few I, years. I saw old. Son I have in Law. No idea. You saw Son in Law. Yeah. Okay. The right. movie Polly okay, Shore. Yeah, there you we know go. What I saw it. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Remember that? Um, yeah, those are good ones. Those, those are good ones. By the way, I want to revisit. Make sure we have one thing here because uh, we left it hanging, and now we're ready for it. So uh, Michelle was saying that she wants to be paid to work out and that if she would have two-a-day workouts, it would be awesome. And Chris, rightfully so, as a former NFL player and a Super Bowl champion, said, do you understand how difficult that is? The idea of the two-a-day workouts and then after that, then after that, to go against massive, huge offensive linemen like Larry Allen and Flozell Adams of the Cowboys back in the day. And Michelle said, no, I'm in for it. So if you're watching along with us on ESPNU, and we'll put this out on our Twitter at Unsportslike uh, so people can see this, there is a split screen, CC, that I'd like you to uh, dissect here of Smalls and Flozell Adams. <laughs> Smalls and Flozell Adams. CC, the floor is yours to dissect yeah. this young woman thinking she could go up against Flozell Adams. Yeah, that's not going to work out for Smalls. I mean, when you just look at the tail of the tape, Flo's <laughs> got the advantage with the reach. He's yeah. got the height. He's got the weight. He's got the strength advantage. I mean, athleticism might be a push, but I mean, I'm just sitting here thinking about it. There's no way on God's green earth that Smalls <laughs> could find a way around Flozell Adams to get to the quarterback. What about just this, don't see it happening. Okay, see the way I'm posing there? My arms are crossed. I look friendly. I look like you want to come up and talk to me, but there's a toughness behind those eyes. You can't uh-huh. see because I'm wearing glasses. Yeah, you, can't, so, you can't see his eyes because he's got a visor on. That's right. So, <laughs> One but, is slightly but, more intimidating than the other. Some. Don't just judge a book by its cover. What about the mental game here? Mm-hmm. He's going to look at me and be like, Smalls, you're going against Flozell Adams. Nobody on. is questioning your athleticism he- or your will. <laughs> this is Flozell Adams. He is a beast. I have to play the mental game here. Mm-hmm. I have to lure him in, make him like How me. are you going to lure him in? Please break down that game plan. I really have no idea. No, okay, all right, that, 
That's so for I'll those listening know. along with us, of course, on all of our great ESPN stations across the country and Sirius XM Channel 80. So in the picture shown, Smalls is wearing like a sundress. Is that what it's called? I uh, think It's just like a white top. A white top sundress thing. Yeah, I had jeans on. Like I was in Montana. A, at, a, at a Montana farm. I was on a ranch, yeah, in Montana. On a ranch, okay. So it was sunglasses, kind of the half turn looking back, posing. Let's not forget the bandana around the neck. I really slayed that look. Humble. Um, <laughs> I can dress her on occasion. Clearly. Uh, and then Flozell Adams is in his Cowboys uniform. You see the belly hanging over, and I don't mean that in an insulting way. I'm saying he, his arms are jacked. He has the old school, like, seven-layer face mask with yeah. all the different things and yep. the visor and the bullhorn thing in the front or whatever that's called. I mean, this is as intimidating a picture of an NFL player as you could see to a point that CeCe's even looking at it saying, I don't want to revisit that in my mind. No. And Small thinks, nah, I'm good. I'll get in his head. I'll just say, don't hurt me. And maybe then he'll think twice about it. And that's when you you get around him. Okay. Didn't, didn't work. That didn't work out for me. So yeah. You maybe, said that? You never used that technique. Yeah, exactly. Don't hurt me. <laughs> exactly. You never used that technique against the guy going against Orlando Pace. Please don't hurt me. Yeah. Well, I'm a nice guy. In the quarterback show. I actually show. have a funny story about that, too. Orlando Pace, final game of the 2005 season. We played the St. Louis Rams. Both teams were eliminated from the playoffs. First play of the game, Orlando Pace comes to the line of scrimmage and says, hey, big fella. I'm just trying to get to the offseason healthy. Work with me here. Oh, my God. Did Work you? With me. Of course I did. It's Orlando Pace. <laughs> so that, that's what we call brother-in-law. And there was, a, there was a deal that was cut that day between me and Orlando Pace. We said we're going to help each other get through this game healthy so we can enjoy our offseason and not have to have any surgeries dealing with any injuries. And True story. That actually happened. That's called the sneaky tank. That's what that is. It that wasn't a tank. T- the season was over. That's a Nobody tank. was going to the playoffs. You're still playing What's hard. Just no, not, he just maybe, said he's not playing maybe hard. Not we, made it, we made it look there good for go. the film. We go. made it look good for the film. You knew what you were That doing. actually happened. We got to look back and find that film. Yeah, we do. We have to find that film <laughs> of CC going against one of the greatest offensive linemen in NFL history, Orlando Pace. Basically playing half-ass. We have to find that film at some point here. Coming up, week number one kicks off tomorrow. CC will give us his top five teams in the league. Coming up next, it's Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest, and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Unsportsman like today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Unsportsmanlike. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high quality supplies and solutions for every industry as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. 
This is the Unsportsmanlike Podcast on ESPN Radio. How do you not hear this and just think, bumbling, stumbling? <laughs> right? you got to go boomer in that one. Oh, this is football music right here. Oh, oh yeah. This is football music. Makes you sit up, this makes lets, you smile. This lets you know it's about to go down. Yep. Yeah. This, the, this is like Christmas Eve, right? It is Christmas like Eve. Like the day before the day when yes. the NFL is back. I can't wait. I mean, listen, we won't have a Sunday without NFL football until February. Absolutely amazing. I can't wait for it. My wife is thrilled about that. <laughs> <laughs> I told her the other day, by the way, it is on Sportsman like any ESPN radio, along with Michelle Spalman, Chris Canty, Evan Cohen, with you presented by Progressive Insurance. I told her the other day, like, hey, this Sunday is it's the last one without football. I go, wonderful. Just great. Just leave her home with two kids uh, by herself. Well, I sit there alone. At least now I'll know how to look at these teams and power rank these teams because Chris is going to give us his top five teams in the NFL heading into this season. Let's go. The first power rankings of the season. Now, of course, no games have been played, so this is basically all on paper with the rosters and where these teams left off last year. So let's kick it off. Number five on the power rankings. Number five. There we go. The San Francisco 49ers. Now, this defense last year was the top scoring defense, number one in defensive efficiency, number one in defensive EPA. And I get it. They don't have Nicky Bosa under contract. We'll see what happens over the next couple of days. But they still have Eric Armstead. They still have Javon Hargrove, who was a free agent addition. He's a Pro Bowl player. And they have all pro players on the second and third levels of their defense with Fred Warner and Hafunga, the safety. So I like the defensive side of the ball, this team's identity is on the defensive side of the ball. But the thing that turned it around for them last year was trading for Christian McCaffrey. The week after that, they won 12 straight games and rode that hot streak into the NFC Championship game with Mr. Irrelevant. So I love, love the San Francisco 49ers. To me, they're the second best team in the NFC. Number four. I was just asking you, defensive EPA, explain what that means. Expected points added. So your defense is expected points added. Okay, got it. Yeah. Number four, we got the Cincinnati Bengals. Now, I get what some people are saying. Well, Joe Burrow hasn't practiced all preseason. He never practices in the preseason. It doesn't seem to matter. He's just that dude. And he's flanked by T. Higgins, and he's got Jamar Chase, who is one of the top four or five receivers in the National Football League. But the big get for the Cincinnati Bengals was getting Orlando Brown Jr. Being able to get somebody that can protect Joe Burrow to help keep him upright, to watch his back literally and figuratively, I think is going to be huge for this team and this offense in order to ascend. And we know the defense for the Bengals is always greater than the sum of its parts with Lou Anarumo, their defensive coordinator. So I love the Cincinnati Bengals. The Seattle is still pointed up, one of the very best teams in the NFL. They're one of the few teams that can look the Kansas City Chiefs eye to eye. Number three. We're going to stay in the AFC North. I'm going with the Baltimore Ravens, and maybe this is is more of a hard overhead pick because I used to play for the franchise, but I love the idea of putting the Lamar Jackson contract to bed, bringing in Todd Munkin as a change of pace from what Greg Roman did on the offensive side of the ball, and this team taking a philosophy on offense of playing basketball on grass. What do I mean by that? Spreading defenses out with 11 personnel. That was the predominant personnel grouping that they used throughout the preseason, three wide receivers, one tight end on the field, that tight end being Mark Andrews, and then one running back and letting Lamar Jackson pick defenses apart. He's going to spread you out. He's going to use Odell Beckham Jr. He's going to use Rashad Bateman. He's going to use Devin DuVernay. They've got Nelson Aguilar, but the receiver that I'm most excited about is Zay Flowers. And we see that dude get busy in the preseason. He's fast and he's quick. 
They're going to use him on a lot of different gadgets, but he can play the slot. He can play out wide. And I just think it's going to open up the entire field for Lamar Jackson in the passing game, but also give him run lanes to take off uh, when the defense has got everything covered. So I love what the Baltimore Ravens are doing. And also, people are sleeping on how good that defense was after they traded for Roquan Smith. That defense was 22nd and 24th when it comes to points and yards, respectively. After they traded for Roquan Smith, they were second and third in points and yards, respectively. So that defense got really, really good, so much so to the point where they almost beat the Cincinnati Bengals with their third-string quarterback in the wild-card round. The Baltimore Ravens, sleepy, sleepy, sneaky Super Bowl contender. Number two. The Philadelphia Eagles. The Philadelphia Eagles. My biggest question about the Eagles is not anything to do with any of the roster. My biggest question is how are they going to replace their two coordinators, Shane Steichen and Jonathan Gannon? Like there's going to be some some new learning when it comes to what Nick Sirianni is going to be called into duty to do. Remember, two years ago, that offense found its footing, formed an identity. When Nick Sirianni passed off his play-calling duties to Shane Steichen, we saw Jalen Hurts start to ascend then. And then last year, he really took off when they added A.J. Brown and became an MVP caliber quarterback. But I think that's the aspect of the Philadelphia Eagles that you have to worry about. But again, this is one of the strongest teams in the trenches on both sides of the ball. And they only got better and more dynamic with some of the young players they added on the defense. Number one. The Kansas City Chiefs. What's understood ain't got to be said. It's Pat Mahomes. It's Andy Reid. They've hosted the AFC Championship game five years in a row. At this point, we might as well rename the damn thing the Kansas City Chiefs Invitational. I, I just This team has been really, really good at finding ways to replace guys that graduate out of the program. Isaiah Pajanko is a stud running back. Their offensive line, they had to shuffle some pieces. They added Donovan Smith. They added uh, Jawan Taylor. I think those guys can get the job done. Um, but the real test is going to be what happens on the defensive side of the ball if this is an extended absence for Chris Jones. They drafted a defensive end in the first round. They've got George Karloftis, who was a first-round pick from a year ago. Another first-round pick from two years ago, Trent McDuffie in that secondary. Those young guys are going to have to really grow up throughout the regular season, but I'm betting that in the meantime, in between time, Pat Mahomes and Andy Reid can be the ultimate deodorant and mask any ills or any deficiencies that that Chiefs defense may have. So that's the list. Those are the power ranking smalls. I will always trust your judgment. Any objections, any observations? I'm surprised you didn't have an AFC East team on the list, whether it's the Bills or the Jets. Really? Oh, over the 49ers? Because I know you're high on the Seahawks, too. I am high on the Seahawks. I am high on the Seahawks, but I think all of those teams have to grow into that. We're just talking about where teams are at right now. And I trust the San Francisco 49ers over any of those teams in the AFC East going into week one. I'm just thinking about the Nick Bosa situation, the quarterback situation. I'm not as, as high on the 49ers as you are. Okay. All right. There's two takeaways I have. Number one, I thought it was interesting where you put Baltimore. Because most people hear this, and they're surprised Baltimore's in your top five. You had them in the top three. You could have had the same effect of, hey, I'm higher on Baltimore than most by putting them at five. You actually put them at three. Right, The strategy at putting him at three is really interesting because that, that leaps out at me as legit Super Bowl contender, not just they're going to be better than you think. The other thing is, and sure, I'm a fan of the team, so maybe I'm thinking about them, and we have the odds up to win the championship, uh, Kansas City, Philadelphia, San Fran, Buffalo, Cincinnati, Dallas, 
and the Jets are the top teams there. As you see on ESPNU, if you're watching on the television side of the ESPN app, the thing that jumps out at me is basically the way you just described Kansas City is the way that the Patriots were described for 20 years with Tom Brady, mm-hmm. is that people graduate from the program, people move on, people get hurt, they replace them, and as long as that quarterback is there and the same guy is there and the same coach is there, they'll figure out a way. And you had them number one despite all the injuries and the guys, as you said, graduating from the program. All right, coming up, we thought the Ford Bronco was only known for one thing. There was another example using the <laughs> Ford Bronco yesterday. We will get to that next on Sportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. <laughs> Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about Electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus. Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Oh, I'm throwing up the rock. You're throwing up the rock? Oh, yeah. This, is this good music? Rock boys in the building is, is, is tonight. It, is Jay-Z overrated? No. I mean, you just, I mean, I, I don't know. I have to ask these questions. Now, I, had I, can't, I can't trust my co-host's music taste. And we're learning about one yeah. another. This this was an important step for us today to learn that you think Outcast is overrated. Yeah, you do realize this is never going away, right? That's fine. Never. Okay, just so you know. I got it. All right. I got it from here. Yeah, damn. The game okay. is mine. I take blame for that. Okay, congratulations. How could you falter when you're the Rock of Gibraltar? See, there you go. <laughs> the very, Rock very, of Gibraltar. Very, very nice. Very That's Jay-Z. Nice. Oh, nice. come on, Smalls. Come on, Smalls. I actually had a... Uh, not an intramural, like a, a, I played in a basketball league in Florida when I lived in mm-hmm. Florida, and we called ourselves the Rock Boys. The Rock Boys? Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, we didn't. I, I think it was How a little different. How many games diff- did you win? Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> 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 we were not 40-40. I'll tell you that much. But the uniforms were fresh. Yeah. <laughs> I still have them. Still have them. Yeah. Yep. Looks good. Um, so Seth Wickersham of ESPN.com, phenomenal reporter, wrote a story yesterday for .com about Sean Payton and Russell Wilson and kind of reviving Russell Wilson and, and getting him back to what he was, you know, years ago. And I guess he showed them a video of a 2022 Ford Bronco um, basically falling off a cliff and, like, kind of just destroying a Ford Bronco, which is interesting because there were many other pieces of that story, obviously, but for the sake of our show, a show that calls themselves unsportsmanlike, we look for the unsportsmanlike pieces as part of every puzzle. Mm-hmm. And that is so fascinating because it takes you back 
to Mike McCarthy of the Cowboys did something where he was chopping up a watermelon, right, or something like that, Gallagher style. And then there was also the time where I believe there's been multiple coaches that buried physical tapes from the year before, like in their practice facility. Yeah, Dennis Allen did that when he was with the Raiders. How'd that work out for him? He got buried as a result of that. (laughs) Exactly. He got buried. But, I mean, does this stuff work? Like, do these kind of motivational things work when you have coaches do that? They show the the 2022 Ford Bronco driving off a cliff and getting destroyed? Hell no. That stuff doesn't work, man. No. It's all about – players are simple. They just want the coach to give them the answers to the test on how they can be successful week in and week out because they know if they play good, the team wins, they get paid. That's all players want. All the other stuff is for show. Now, every now and again, you can have a moment where there becomes something that galvanizes the team. Like when I was with the Giants in 2011, we had a chapel speaker come in, and he gave us a poker chip and talked about being all in Mm -hmm. for the rest of the season. And so we rode that throughout the playoffs, won the Super Bowl, and on our Super Bowl rings, it has all in. That's cool. And, And I keep that poker chip with my Super Bowl ring. Every now and again, you can have something symbolic like that work out. It rarely happens at the beginning of the season. There's so much that's going to transpire over the coming months that those types of things, those types of gestures by coaches go by the wayside. Players are not going to buy into whatever the coach is selling unless the coach actually has a plan of substance on how they can get to where they want to be. I'm sure a lot of the players in that room are watching the video of the Bronco go off the cliff and they're looking at Sean Payton saying, you don't need to remind us, dude, we were here. We experienced (laughs) it. We don't need this representation on video. We know how bad it was. Another example of this, I I told you guys about this yesterday. I remember when the Seahawks lost that Super Bowl when they didn't give the ball to Marshawn Lynch, Mm -hmm. the the pick. And they went to Hawaii and they kind of aired it all out on a cliff. I think things like that would actually be more helpful. If Sean Payton, instead of showing the Bronco off the cliff, let everybody air it out what was your problem last year how can we fix it what did this player do that bothered you how can we all just leave this here leave whatever happened with the big nathaniel hackett mess alone last year and move forward how can we turn the page i think a well-adjusted coach would take that approach but sean payton is anything but and it's outlined in that wickersham article and may i say this he was in his bag when he did this article because there is a lot of good stuff in there But the the one thing i will say about sean it's going to be his way or the highway because he is a bill parcells disciple I don't know that he's interested in a whole lot of input from the players from a year ago. I think he wants guys to realize that he has a blueprint for success and to buy into doing it his way. And chief among those players that he wants buy-in from is Russell Wilson. So he also, per Wickersham in this story, who I believe was in the prep room yesterday, I didn't realize it was him. I never said hello, never introduced myself, so I apologize on that one. I know a lot of people are talking about that around ESPN today. Uh, he said, "He said, will you bleep, this is Peyton, will you, ble- will you bleep and stop kissing all the ble- babies? I don't know if that was English. You're not running for public office. And I think basically the whole Russell Inc. thing, he wants to go away, but now this, now this is another part of this. If you're going to retire the bit from last year, if you're Russell Wilson, does he need to retire? Let's ride. Does Has it have to, to go with it? Has go. to. It does? Because that's part of the, I'm Russell w- Wilson and I approve this messaging. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, this is what he does. Every... I don't need a catchphrase from you. I don't need you to tell me you were doing high knees on the plane. I don't need you to constantly be showing the curated photos on social media. I don't need the workout videos. All I need for you to do is go out there and be the quarterback that you once were. I don't need all the fluff. I don't need the branding. And part of the branding is, let's ride. It was the catchphrase. 
Yeah, but here's the other part that he needs Russell Wilson to understand. You're not the same quarterback that you were five years ago, bruh. You're just not. From an athleticism standpoint, you can't get away from edge rushers the way you once did. You can't go off script. You can't have those level, that same level of second reaction plays. So you need to win at the line of scrimmage. You need to win pre-stab more so than trying to play outside or above the X's and O's. And I think that's the biggest thing that Sean has to figure out. How can he get Russ to buy into doing that early on when it comes to on-the-field production? Trusting the system when he takes the snap, hitting his back foot, letting the ball go and getting it to his playmakers. Now, there's going to be an extra layer of degree of difficulty because he's going to have to do it without Tim Patrick and Jerry Judy early on. But that's what Russ has to do. He was the most sacked that he's been in his entire career last year. And also, last year, the Denver Broncos were third when it came to pre-snap penalties. Those are things that are on the quarterback, and Sean needs Russell to clean that up if the Denver Broncos are going to live up to the expectations that new ownership has for them. Yeah, and I think that Russell Wilson has been one of these people that everyone's been waiting to hate on. And I think that we have over-exaggerated how horrible he is as a player because of one bad year. He overachieved literally his entire career. His entire career. Nobody expected him to be this, the third-round pick out of Wisconsin slash NC State, becoming a Hall of Fame caliber player, winning a Super Bowl, going to another. And people thought the entire time, like, oh, he's a little cheesy. He's got these catchphrases. As Small said, basically, he's, you know, I approve this message. He's truly the politician. And so, for me, I think everyone was waiting for last year. Everyone was excited to pounce on him. Finally, some ammo. I don't think he's as bad as last year showed. I just don't. Well, I mean, I think it was trending that way at the end of Seattle, right? His last year in Seattle was yes. 2021. He had a losing record in the games that he started, plus he had the injury. Like quarterback touchdowns, quarter, six picks, though. But he was pointing the finger at everybody else, exactly. saying it's not that, my that's fault. The other I want to get out of here. And he wanted more control. He got more control got in Denver, it. and things went off of the rails. So I, I, those are the things that I struggle with when it comes to what kind of quarterback is Russell Wilson going to project to be? And let's not forget this. We can't look at it in a vacuum in terms of what happened in Denver. Let's also look at what happened in Seattle last year. It was a renaissance season. That team was in the playoffs. Who had that on the bingo card? Not only was Pete Carroll going to win the revenge bowl between Russell Wilson and week one, but his team was in the playoffs and they had a top 10 pick. Thank you, Russell Wilson. So when we talk about the end in Seattle for Russ, how much of that is, well, maybe Russ might have been slipping a little bit then, too. Maybe Russ might have been holding the team back more so than being a guy that could help the team move forward. Maybe that's why John Steiner and Pete Carroll made the decision to get rid of him. Similar to what Belichick used to do all the time. I'll move on from a guy a year early as opposed to a year late. So all of those things are considerations. And the only thing that can move us off of that position is Russell Wilson going out and emballing this year. I'm telling you right now. I'll take the over on Broncos wins and top three. Do we in the have MVP. the? Do we have the over? I want to say it's eight. We need and a half. the over under on Broncos. We will get. We will we get, that get that coming up. Plus, as Alabama that. gets ready to take on Texas this weekend, well, uh, there is a battle going on outside of the football field between those two schools. We will get to that. Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. 
We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. It is Unsportsmanlike here on ESPN Radio, along with Chris Canty, Michelle Smallman, Evan Cohen with you. A couple of poll questions to update here before we get into this Alabama-Texas back and forth. Game day is going to be there this weekend, if I'm not mistaken, right? Game day is going to be Alabama-Texas. A couple of things. When going out for dinner on the company's dime, do you order the most expensive item or your normal order? You can follow along at Unsportslike, at ESPN Radio, at M. Smallman, at Chris Canty 99, and at Evco Radio. Uh, 81.5% say your normal order and not the most expensive item, which Canty is saying, no, get the most expensive item. And Javante, um, who does all of our sound, all of our music, all of the production over there um, last night, double ordered. At our big company dinner, uh, decided it's not only for me, it's for my uh, girlfriend as well. So, <laughs> nice boyfriend, maybe not as great of an employee for ESPN <laughs> at that point. But hey, only one great. matter in this case. Yeah, well, that's true. Um, and then Nuno alluded to the fact, our producer, that if you meet someone, you just automatically Google them. And then he said, no, 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 I mean, if it's a star, do you Google a star if you meet them? And to which Chris and Michelle said, well, if they're a star, why would you have to Google them? So we tweeted out, if someone is a star, or is someone a star, if you have to Google them, 68.8% said no. Wow. So they're not a star if you have to Google them. So if you have to look at someone and say, oh, that person looks recognizable, that's so-and-so, and and then you Google them, they're not actually a star. See, even though we said that, Cece, I think about a lot of my friends that wouldn't know who the biggest stars in sports are because they don't care about sports. Yeah. And I and I know that these people are stars, but they might not know they're stars. Yeah, especially if they're football players because they play with their helmets on. You don't really yeah. see their faces. So right. I can understand why you would want to Google them. But that's a specific set of circumstances. I'm not going in a room taking a picture of somebody and then trying to use my phone to identify who they are on Google. Google image search? Yeah, I'm not, yeah, exactly. I'm not doing all that. It just seems like too much work to find out who that person is. And all likelihood, that person is not going to have any impact on your life whatsoever. So why are you going through the trouble? Is there a difference between recognizing the name and recognizing the face? As far as the celebrity name, goes? Name recognition? Yeah. yeah. Because I could hear somebody's name and be like, oh, I've heard of them, but might not be able to not, pick them no, out of a lineup. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's something to that. Because, but then again, they're not a star, like a full-fledged star. Because yeah. Scooter Braun was the example earlier. Pat, you know, is obviously rubbing elbows with the rich and the famous. He was out with Scooter Braun. I know who Scooter Braun is, of course. Name Music in the exactly. headline, big deal. I don't know if I could pick him out of a lineup. No. Well, Pat was at a party, and there was also an NBA governor, an owner of a team there. And I said, wow, that's really cool that you saw so-and-so. And he's like, who? <laughs> I was like, I said the person's name. He's like, I, I, what are you talking about? I know we just met, but like we don't, we're not communicating as well right now. And it was literally a guy that owns an NBA team mm-hmm. that was at the party, and Pat knew none of this and didn't care about any of it, which is a credit to him. Also scares me for our show because these <laughs> – <are>, Wow. <laughs> because wow. in theory, a music exec and an owner of a team, we have a couple of extra chairs here, don't we? Yeah, yeah. As long as Smalls doesn't break them. 
Yeah. I can't guarantee that. Yeah. So uh, Pat was not aware of that. But, you know, if Nuno's there, you can Google him. I guess we're good, right? We're good in that regard? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Just making sure. He also said, uh, <laughs> he also said when telling this story, I want to make sure I have this, uh, that he cares more about soup than Justin Bieber. Mm-hmm. So this was a breakdown. There was, a, there was also a soup guy there, a, guy, a CEO of a food company. And he said, I don't care as much about Justin Bieber as I do soup. Really? That's what Pat said. You're not okay. a believer, Pat? No, I'm a big soup guy. Big <laughs> soup guy. Give me the soup. Big soup guy in general. Yeah, biggest yeah. soup guy on the show, for sure. Give me the soup. How would you power rank your top three soups? <laughs> uh, chicken noodle one. No. Yes. Wrong. Overrated. Broccoli cheddar two. Oh, God. Vegetables? Baked like potato fondue. three. That's the what? worst power rankings of soups I've ever heard. No French onion in the mix? Lobster no, bisque? Lobster bisque, terrible. Clam chowder? Oh, my oh, God. God. Clam chowder. Clam chowder. Terrible. Wow. Bland. You're not a soup guy. Wow. Bland. You, you don't also, like... chowder isn't soup, but that's fine. You don't like chowder? What? You don't like chowder? You don't like lobster bisque? What about matzo ball? It's fine. A, it's a fine. good minestrone? Do we qualify gumbo a as a soup? Nah, it's like a whole other thing. It's a whole other thing? Yeah, it's like its own thing. Okay. Cece, uh, after listening to Pat, do you consider him a soup guy? He claims to be a... That's, that's not a... He doesn't even dr- eat soup or drink soup. I, I don't know what the qualifications are to be a soup guy. <laughs> not him. I, I haven't even thought about it that way, but I yeah. didn't know that Pat was riding so hard for soup. This is how much I don't like Justin Bieber. What? Okay. I'm a sneaky right. believer. Oh, I'm open about it. Are you? Yeah, yeah, of course. How can you not like Biebs? Come on now. Well, you uh, also don't like Outkast, so. That's I did not a great say point, that. Smalls. That's that is not a what great I said. Point. Great right. point. Anyway, um, so there's Alabama, Texas, big game this weekend. And there's an amazing thing that's going on here because, so I guess the way it works is that Texas had, had Alabama there at their place the last time they played last year. And there was a whole thing about Texas was offering the Alabama band seats like in the upper deck. Like, the whole thing, if you've ever been to a college football game, is the band is right there at both schools yep. to try to really hype up the crowd and the players. Plus, the band has to get on the field at halftime, too. Right. Yes. Right. If they're so performing there. So there's, Logistically. That, so there's that part, too. Yeah, it's ambiance and logistics. Yeah, exactly. So Alabama's like, okay, well, it's at our place this weekend. And, um, yeah, we're going to um, not give you good seats either. And they're giving all of the road tickets, including the band, the upper deck. The pettiness back and forth. That sucks. I mean, and you got Pat McAfee's show there with the field pass, ESPN2. It's on ESPN, 7 p.m. Eastern on Saturday night. Game day is there. Shout out to Jen Lada, who's going to, I'm sure, do a story that's going to make all of us cry, as Jen always does uh, for that. But do we like this? Do we like this back and forth? I love the pettiness. <laughs> I won't start the fight. I'll end it. But this is the, these are the things we love leading up to game day. Can you believe they're putting the band in the upper deck? Anything that throws a little spice on a big game like this, I'm all for it. I think it's great. Yeah, I'm with the Petty LaBelle on this one. I like that Alabama's getting their lick back, the little clap back by putting their band in the nosebleed section. Here's the crazy thing, though, Ev. When I was in the NFL, that's what teams would do when you were the road team. They would offer you the opportunity to buy tickets for your family, and they were nosebleed tickets, 500 sections. For the family? For the family. So if your family wants to see you play a road game, they better bring a damn set of binoculars. That's how it was going down. It's a great point you're making because, to me, there's a face of that. The face of that is Jordan Love's mother. I was just going to say. Jordan Love's mother. And people remember, Mrs. Love sat in literally the last row in Kansas City. Her son got a start. Rodgers was out. First start of his career. This is before he's now the guy. 
they get a shot. Oh, it's so nice. Jordan loves mom's here to, to see him. And you can't even see her. She's with God. She's in the clouds. I mean, she's so high up. It was unbelievable what they did to her. I don't even understand it. And then they make you buy them. I get it. The NFL is a business, all of that stuff. We're not giving away our premium seating to opposing fans, especially uh, fans that are you know players, parents, and loved ones and all that other stuff. I get it. Like damn, dog. We all in, we all in this together. This is my family. This is my mom is my mom is coming out here to watch me play. You gotta have her in the nosebleeds. That's how we doing it. By the way, poll question. I'm at Unsports. Like, what do you like more, Super Justin Bieber? <laughs> wow, it's a great poll question. It's a great is, poll is question. It really depends on the soup. Yeah, because if you don't know the context, it looks so stupid. It's unsportsmanlike. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Right. We're love gonna it. go with it. No We're Kelsey, go no Jones tomorrow. We'll get to that. Kansas City and Detroit next on Sportsmanlike ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. You can listen to Unsportsmanlike live weekdays from 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch on ESPN2 and on ESPNU. Unsportsmanlike with Evan Canty and Michelle. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about Electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus. Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S dot com.